Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. We're making a place. You're talking again, get you to the days. We're high in the court, the dime in the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentation, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they work in your faces. Grace at the field, so tie the laces. All sports, all plays. All right, all right, all right. Here's another edition of ASAP's Real Talk. We're here a little short-handed tonight. As you can see, typically we've had anywhere from nine to ten people. <laughs> so, you know, when Jay Ness is supposedly going to be here in five minutes, I don't know. I don't believe anything that man says. He's a Cardinals fan. We can't put on pass. They cheated us, so I don't believe it. But, hey, hopefully he shows up. Either way, this is what you got right now. Say what's up to the people, Kenny. What's up? What's up? Happy New Year, everybody. Glad to be back and always ready to talk some sports. And as always, the slick, greased back, Air Force toting Tony. Say what's up to the people, Mafia brother. Oh, what's up, man? Yeah, happy Happy New Year to everybody. I hope everybody had a, had a safe and good New Year. I kind of said it on the last show. I'm really hoping that 2022 is actually a brand new year, not just an extension of 2019, just continued on. It's like 2019 mm. plus three. I'm, I'm not <laughs> the case. I hear you. Man, me too, man. Me too. Hey, that's exactly what I'm hoping for. 2020 and 2021 were very difficult mm-hmm. on many respects. Yes. So I'm hoping it's a little 22 bit different. It's going to be the, the year that, that lifts us out of it. We'll, we'll, we'll have to wait and see what, where that goes. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's, let's talk about this week 18 and uh, what is what game out of week uh, 18 means the most or is going to be the most fun to watch or whatever you want to look, however you want to look at it. For me, I'm going to tell you right now, man, I, I got the Chargers and Raiders just because I'm kind of seeing who wraps up that last playoff spot. And, uh, I, I, for me, I got I got the Chargers winning over the Raiders. I think the Raiders are just not going to have enough to compete with what the Chargers are going to bring to the table. Kenny, what do you got? Uh, I like that game, too. Uh, and there's a couple other ones that I was looking at, too. I think the San Fran and uh, Rams game is a real interesting matchup because uh, I think the 49ers are still alive for the playoffs. So that could be an interesting one to look at. And then uh, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, you know, that's always a battle. And um, I believe Pittsburgh is still – I mean, Baltimore is still alive for a playoff spot. So those are the two – the other two that I was looking at. But I like that one. I like that one as well as terms of the most intriguing one because that that that's the winning your end game, the Las Vegas and, and L.A. Uh, matchup. So that's probably the most important out of all three. But I think all three of those are, are, are interesting ones to look at. But the most one, I think the most intriguing one is the, you called it is the, the L.A. and Las Vegas one. And, and you know, before we go to Jay Ness and get his and, and see, get his game, I think that Colts Jacksonville, even though I, you know, the Colts should would most likely win that game given Jacksonville's record, but you know, if the Steelers win tonight, in order to extend Ben Roethlisberger's season, I believe Jacksonville is going to have to beat the Colts, and and of course the Steelers are going to have to beat the Ravens uh, for that to be plausible. So I, I really mm-hmm. am kind of looking at that Colts game just to see if the Jacksonville could pull off some kind of Music City miracle or something mm-hmm. just to help out the uh, Steelers get into the playoffs. We'll have to wait and see what, what that what that entails. Yeah. Jay Ness, what's your game of the week, man, for week 18? Sounds like you guys were already touching on it. 
Um, I mean, hands down, it, it's the last game of week, week 18, uh, Sunday night primetime football, Vegas versus Chargers. And <clears throat> I don't know, you know, anybody out there that's been following uh, us on the different shows and whatnot. I've been telling you guys, watch out for the Raiders all year. I've been saying it. And, you know, Mike, what's going on? We get, oh, I thought he pulled him on. What's going on, Mike? Bro, you just said hi to nobody, bro. You looking mad. I sure did. I, no. I sure did. I was fixing. Hey, I had. I thought I had an octopus. I thought I had an extra hand. I'm fixing my headset. I thought I had already pushed a button. But, but no, that's hands down the the game of the week. And mm. you know the reason I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. There's two different tales of the season. Uh-huh. Okay, we got the Chargers who started out hot. They started out with Justin Herbert being you know, the talk of the town, so to speak, um, with with the Chargers defense being, you know, that team that, oh, they're stepping up, you know, look at them. Are they going to finally win the AFC West? Then we had the Raiders who also started out hot. They gave us, if you ask me, the first three weeks, mm-hmm. they had the game of the week for the first three weeks. Um, you know, the yeah. Baltimore game, the Pittsburgh game, like – they had game of the week for the first three weeks of the NFL. I think they had two overtimes and one uh, last set, last second fourth quarter finish in the first three weeks of the season. So watching the Raiders, you know, in the first three weeks, watching the Chargers for the first week, three weeks, you think, oh, these are going to be divisional foes that go down to week 18, which they were slated to play already. And, you know, Divisional, we're talking about divisional game for a divisional title here. Now, with the Chargers, they just took a slump. It wasn't the normal year for the Chargers where it's completely all injuries like normally. They just took a slump. No, Pat. I mean, you know. But uh, that's but they've been doing that the last couple of years, though, Jay. So I don't know. That, that, that's been more of a trend than it has been something out of the ordinary. No, and I wasn't saying it was fast starts and then they they slow down. Yeah, and I wasn't saying it was necessary out of the ordinary. I do believe that, you know, most of the last few years was due to injuries and things like that. But what I was going with it, then you flip the script and you look at the Raiders and you got the John Gruden uh, situation. Then you got the Henry Ruggs situation. Now we add to it today with the hub situation. Another DUI guy. And let's talk about him. They just can't catch a break, the Raiders. Did he learn from rugs? How does he not learn from rugs? If you're going to fall asleep, don't fall asleep on the exit ramp. Carry your ass up a little bit further. Go next to the dumpster where it's dark and then catch some Z's. It, it, didn't, no, 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 even, no. it didn't even start with rugs, though, either. It started with Josh Jacobs. Josh Correct. Jacobs was the first one to get a DUI. Correct. Then rugs. And now this. It's, you know, and, and that, right, Mike, there's three in respectfully, a row. Respectfully, I know players should be held accountable, but I see a trend with players in Las Vegas having. I was in Las Vegas, though, Mike. But it's Vegas. 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 happens in Vegas. Don't, don't always stay there, but it's Vegas. But how many Vegas? How many right. other visiting teams have players that are getting caught up in Vegas? Right. It's just being. Well, nobody, that's why nobody should be going to Vegas. But they're not. Well, I think that's that. That's what you know. That was the you know the drawback or the concern that they had. I'm sure they had going into this. Right. But the money just overwhelmed over. You know, of course, shadowed all of the the negatives. So now we're dealing with the consequences of it. I mean, Kenny, we have NHL hockey players out there. 
We have That's college true. athletes. Yep. We have other athletes. Yeah, but they know how to take Uber. No, get it together. You know, yeah. but it, no, you got to be held accountable for your actions, no doubt. But anyways, then you go to the you go to the you go to the end of it. We we just talked about you know those other guys. So we're talking about a tale of two different seasons, and I think the Raiders really deserve uh, to have that chance to really redeem themselves for this season for the players mm-hmm. that have that have taken that ride and have stuck it out and have been there and put their heart and soul into this season. Right. For them. I know, do. So. Let me ask you a question, Jay. Do you think that? Um, the interim coach should uh, keep the job or should they look for someone else? Typically, Kenny, I would say yes in this situation. Typically. However, this isn't a normal situation, and I don't think so. I think the whole front office needs to go. Um, oh, I'll, stop at the, I'll, stop, I'll stop at the general manager, but I think the whole – everybody on that coaching staff is gone, if you ask me, because right. you yeah. failed – you failed multiple no. times this season. Yeah. Right. No, I agree with you. I was I would just I just thought about it because considering the considering the circumstances that he had to deal with, he's done a really good job. Right. He has. But now what well, were you gonna say, Mike? I wouldn't I wouldn't get rid of the general manager. I think he's kind no. of drafted accordingly. I think the way you look at the draft picks, I think you look at Henry Ruggs, you look at Josh Jacobs, you look at Darren Waller and others, and those are guys you hit on those guys. Like all of those guys panned out. All of those guys were good. You can't really anticipate what now I'll say this, Alex Leatherwood's dog shit. Um, but you know, you can always groom that to be what it is. He can maybe be a better guard than he is a left tackle. He's just he, – that band's too big. Um, but he came out of Alabama, so you can't even really knock him for doing it. You, who were you going to take? Tevin Jenkins, who had back surgery literally the next day after the draft? Like, you weren't willing to take a chance on that. So I think relatively, though, I think the GM is fine. Um, you took a chance on John Gruden, and honestly – I can't be mad at you for that because despite what John Gruden said and despite his past and the emails and all of that, John Gruden was one hell of a coach back in the day. So you have to look at it for what it is. Um, at the end of the day, though, I think with this team, despite making the playoffs, I don't care if they go all the way to the Super Bowl. You need to dismantle this entire team that had anything to do with anything that went on with this season because you don't want a single piece of that being a part of the culture you're trying to establish. I love Waller. I love all the I love Derek Carr. I love other guys on this team, but you just you can't have that there. And, and Derek Carr can pretend as long as he wants to, you know, we're gonna go through adversity and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that. But it, you know, you shouldn't have to be having those conversations on a week to week basis. So I think you clean house entirely, get as many draft picks as you can for Waller and Jacobs and Carr and everybody, and, and you just kind of just full resend because when you look at it, <laughs> rugs is horrible. Like like in a horrible situation, like you, you lost out on a great wide receiver and, and it's not, not that he was a horrible player, but just a, a horrible situation yeah. to where you need to go in full rebuild mode. And it shouldn't be that case, but really when you really look at it, I love Renfro, but rugs was your future as your wide receivers. And, and Derek Carr is going into year 32 of his life. Waller was also playing a big part though too. Waller was a very big part of their future. Right. And, and you look at Waller and, and Waller's in a situation to where he can't stay healthy and Josh Jacobs can't stay healthy. And when he is, he's on drugs or he's this, or he's getting DUIs. Yeah, pretty much. You, you have to blow it up. You have to blow it up. No, yeah, but I, I don't, I'm don't think... push back a little bit to you though on that, on that draft then. Cause if you look at Henry Ruggs' draft and I just looked at it, 
like you had Justin Jefferson in that draft. You had C.D. Lamb in that draft. You had Jerry Judy in that draft that was picked after him. Yeah. And, and you would take all three of those guys before you take Henry Ruggs based off of their production. So, and then right. you got to look at the Khalil Mack trade. Like there's been a lot of, there's been some, some shaky things that he's done. And I, I'm not a, I've been right. down on Mike Mayock. So I don't, I don't know if he needs to say, I think he needs to go. I think, I think though, Kenny, to your point though, for the Khalil Mack thing as a Bears fan, thank you. Always. Thank of, course. You. Um, of course. But it, it's a situation to where Mack was leaving anyways. And, and you got the most value you could for him. Now I'll, I'll say this. What have I done with Khalil Mack? Two wild card appearances. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like I haven't done anything with them yet, so that's it's it's the same situation to where they weren't gonna do. Yeah, anything. but that's because it's the best. It's the best. But do you think the Raiders would have done anything with them? They wouldn't. No, no, and that's just a clear cut answer. And and I think the biggest thing and the biggest issue is when you really look at it at the end of the day, John Gruden was more of the fault of that than than the GM because John was the one that was saying we're not paying this guy that much money. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. anybody else. Everyone else in the room was like, let's pay the kid, and John didn't want to sign off on it. So. That's on John at the end of the day. And to John's right, you know, it took a couple years to get that pass rushing game back, but they they have been solid without Khalil Mack. So it, it comes to that point to where it's like maybe he wasn't too far off from it. Now, it's still a bad look because you don't want to – with the Amari Cooper thing, like you lost both of them. But Amari – Tony, I'm sorry. Jay, I'm sorry. Amari don't look that good either. You know what I mean? So it, it looks like it's Whoa. to that point. Only, only a home game. Only a home game. The only point that I think that Kenny was trying to make is that I think even before the Henry Rugg incident, they right. were already looking at Henry Rugg as not what they expected compared yeah, I, to what I else was in that draft. Project, Don't you see? No, we're going to reel it back I, in real quick. I, I, I was do, here all day on, on the whole Henry Rugg situation. My cues, Jay Nash, y'all don't report for me in late. Tony, can you please make that notation? Uh, my cues, man, what's your game of the week, Bubba? Game of the week? Game of the week for week 18. What's, what's, your, what's, what's your, your game? What's your username say, Jay McLovin? That's right. Giants, <laughs> negative 10 yards passing, baby. That's my, shout out. That's my shout out to, to, to Playboy Freddy. Freddy Anderson, I know you're closing tonight, but I just want you to know the Bears closed that fucking door the other day, and it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing, Jay. <laughs> and, and that's my only F-bomb you'll hear from me on this show in 2022. But, man, bro, I, what – to see Mike Glennon, who used to be a bear, who Hilarious. made my life hell all of 2016, it was great to see it. It was great to see it because Freddie's always talking all this crap, always talking all this nonsense. He goes, oh, well, we have your pick anyways. Well, guess what? At least I don't have Mike Glennon. At least I don't have Jake Strom. <laughs> yeah, at least I don't have Daniel Jones. At least I got Justin. Oh, like, I got Justin on the shelf yeah. waiting for next year. Those two picks you got, who knows if they're going to even be any good. That's going to be horrible like every other year. They're not going anywhere. Freddie knows it. That's why he keeps the Packers in his back pocket. There you go. Yeah, but then he gets mad because, you know, I, I have like three NFL teams. Nate has like, you know, one NFL team. But I think Nate has like three baseball teams, if I remember right. Man, Nate's all over the place. You can't go with what Nate's doing, man. Nate, well, Nate right now is going to a baseball stadium somewhere by himself with a flashlight. Who knows? <laughs> What's your best matchup for Week 18, Mike? Best matchup for Week 18? Looking at the schedule right now, um, I think when you really look at it, it, it really does come down to at the end of the day. I like the Browns versus Steelers. I think that's an interesting game just because Big Ben's one of, one of his last hurrahs. I think it might be a little bit more fun than a lot of people anticipate. Um, but Cowboys-Eagles is one I'm really looking at is just because they both clinched. 
and they're both in the playoffs. So I think that's going to give you a pretty good idea of how serious you're going to have to take the Eagles in the playoffs if they could come out with that win. Um, because right now I really just look at the Eagles as, you know, respectfully like a first round exit. Um, but if they could pull that through, I, I do think that could be the game of the week. Um, but yeah, I also do think that Dan Campbell and the Lions are going to beat the Packers this week because I doubt Aaron Rodgers plays. So yeah, that'll be that. that'll be something for them. You know, we'll, we'll definitely see another Lions win. That's always great. Um, but yeah, that, <laughs> that one for sure. That one, I think Eagles Cowboys for me is is I think I because it could you know it could be a back to back one. That you know what I mean, right? So you might have I, to play them back to back game. So it's a it, it, Tony will be shaking in his boots if uh, Jalen Hurts goes a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's hey, let's let's roll over to the next topic for discussion. Rookie of the year. We've already they already kind of talked about that on uh, ASAP in the morning, but we'll kind of touch on it here too. I, I really do think that uh, I, I like uh, Jabbar Chase for rookie of the year. I think that guy's just especially the last game. He was a two sixty six. That pretty much. Yeah, that, that was just stupid, stupid, man. That's that stupid. was just stupid. Yes, sir. Yeah, definitely. So I got Jamar Chase as my Kenny. What you want to start us off? Yeah, with? yeah, that's it. He he just he just closed the door on anyone else having any claims to that. You you might be able to make a little case for Kyle Pitts, but he just shut the door on that. Mm. Like that was that's a historic game, and he's been killing all season. So he's definitely the rookie of the year, hands down. All right, Jay Ness, who you got? Or are you going so, to same one? I'm going to go with the same one. I'm going to add um, some, some insight um, to the reason why it's unanimous. Um, with 266 receiving yards on Sunday, Chase surpassed Jerry Butler with 255 receiving yards on September 23rd, 1979, for the most receiving yards in a single game by a rookie uh, ever. Chase has also accumulated 1,429 receiving yards this season, surpassing Justin Jefferson at 1,400 receiving yards in 2020 for the most receiving yards by a rookie ever. Chase, who has led, who has had 201 receiving yards in week seven, is the first rookie ever and fifth player in Super Bowl era to record multiple games with at least 200 receiving yards in a single season. Joining Football Hall of Famers Calvin Johnson in 2011 and 2012, Don Maynard, 1968, as well as Josh Gordon in 2013, and Al Jefferson, and or, I'm sorry, Al Jeffrey, uh, Alshon Jeffrey in 2013 as well. So when when we come on here, guys, and we're telling you unanimously that you're going to start hearing it, Jamar uh, Jamar Chase is, is unanimously the rookie of the year. These this is why we've seen Mac Jones, we've seen a, a rookie come out, a quarterback come out. And, and do this. Uh, right. We've seen somebody do that. You know what I mean? Uh, we've seen the Ben Roethlisberger. We've seen we've seen the um, Tom Brady uh, when he did, he did his thing. We've seen these guys have these 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 seasons. But what Jamar Chase is doing at receiver, not Jerry Rice, not Randy Moss, not Terrell Owens, none of these greats have done. And that's why not only is he the rookie of the year, I, I'm I'm looking at him for the next couple of years as is dominating this receiver position. Okay. Mike Hughes, what you looking at? Listen, let me tell you something about that man, Jamar Chase. <laughs> what happened was I was seven and seven. 
seven and seven. Kelsey's killers in fantasy football was a wild card team. I was the worst team in the playoffs. This man, fifty-five points. This I'm changing the team's name. Kelsey's killers is no longer. I went all the way to the championship. This week was my championship. Jamar Chase out here gave me fifty-three points. I ain't never seen something like that in my life. This kid. And and my, I'm not gonna let y'all. I'm not gonna let y'all skate. I ain't gonna let anybody skate. I remember. Oh, this kid can't even see the white on the football. He shouldn't be drafted. They should have took Panay Sewell. They should have took this. They should have took an offensive line. Yeah, there was some questions. He was having some right. drops in the preseason. Don't, don't. He was asking questions about him. You right? Yeah, asking so many questions about him. Right. At him, saying he can't see the football. He can't see the football because he's barely holding on to the thing. The second he catches it, it's a touchdown. He's throwing it into the end zone. He don't give a shit about nothing. And Jamar Chase, to me, is the next generational talent. Them LSU boys, I ain't going to lie to you. Something That's the different. only LSU boys that are good. Like, it, other than that, they're not good. Like, I ain't going to lie to you. I'm sorry, Jim, if you're watching this. But other than that little class of Burrow – and 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 Jefferson and and um, Jamar, that's really it. But I'll let you have your moment. These kids are generational, and I'm hoping, I'm praying, one day Jefferson teams up with them, or vice versa, whatever it may be. Even if it's on the Vikings, I would, I, I'll, I'll be honored to get my butt whooped by them twice a year on the Bears. But it, I think that is just so dope to see these guys balling out in a different way that we haven't really seen it because it's just been so quarterback heavy for so long. And my Kyle Pitts thing. I'm big on Kyle Pitts. Kenny knows I've been a Kyle Pitts supporter for a very long time. Um, but my problem with Kyle, especially with what Jamar is doing, it's it, it's a situation to where you're a tight end and that position is a plethora in the red zone and you have one touchdown on the year. And Matt Ryan, yeah. even though he's not great, is no scrub. Like he is an MVP. He has won before. Like it, it's just the truth of the matter. You know, he's been newest people. Like you need to have more than one single touchdown to win that award. I don't care if you have over a thousand yards. Yeah, I agree. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. I so agree. That's why to me, Kyle is it, it was a great season, don't get me wrong. And he did the it was the first time a receiver uh tight end has had over a thousand yards in a single season since Mike Dicka. Uh, and that was in nineteen sixty one. So that's that's as amazing. Yeah, as a rookie. So so that's amazing. But I you can't touch Jamar right now. Not even close. Tony, you got anything on there? Are you, are you just over there looking pretty? Uh, oh, I mean, always both. I mean, heck, for lunch, yeah, that's, what I got paid to, that's what I got paid to do for the military was be pretty for like five years. Um, but, yeah, I, I would agree with Jamar. I mean, you could, even as a little bit of a biased Cowboys fan, you could probably even make a bit of an argument for Micah Parsons. Just, just not only the fact the impact that he's made on the defense, but statistically the impact well, that, that Micah has made. Defensive rookie of the year, though, yeah. award, right? Oh, we're yeah. just talking about offensive. Okay, yeah. Then, then hands down, it, it's Jamar. Um, I don't think anybody else would really be close. You could, I, I know Patriots fans could maybe make an argument for Mac, but I mean, okay, cool. You got ten wins. You're gonna go in the yeah, playoffs. Just an average. It's yeah, definitely not. Yeah. He just he just doing well in a system. Yeah, he's a game yeah. manager. You, in, you, in a, in a system that a, was really yeah, built for him. Like exactly. if you think, if you think of the system that he had in Alabama, that's basically the same system he has in New right. England. So, in a sense. And speaking of, since uh, you know, old my my army buddy Derek J decided to skip me on the uh, my big game for Week 18 because you know I was late. Um, I, I'm honestly I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of stay with it. I'm gonna say the Dolphins and the Patriots are my big matchup because okay. almost never do well whenever they go to, to Miami. And it'll be interesting to see. Does the AFC East go to Buffalo? 
Or does it go to or does it go to New England? Or does New England have to travel? You gotta you even though you come late, you gotta act like you're not late. You gotta act like everybody else late. That's what I do. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I'm producing, so everybody else is late. I'll be like, I damn, where are y'all the second I come? The second I come. Hey man, I just want to know real quick. I, I got I got I got a question real quick before we go to the next topic. Because I've been wanting it for a while now. And since I'm since I'm thinking about it, because I'm old, I gotta say it real quick. Tony, are you in a kids' room? Because you got colors like you played in kindergarten. Is that is that like a kids' room? <laughs> yeah, it's my kids' room. No, it's, it's my room. Um, you ever seen the show Game of Thrones? The, the the Game of Thrones? No, yeah. I, I thought those were crayons. No, no, I'm not in the Marine Corps. Hey, no, 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 I can't do crayons. Tony, the Dragon Slayer, bro. Don't even. Play <laughs> yeah, I'm secretly a giant nerd at heart. Okay, okay. I, I, I got Lego, like I got all my Lego collection in here from like 15 plus years. So I mean, I, oh, that's man, a, that's a great that's a great spot to put the plug. Watch out for minds of creativity coming soon. Exactly. Hey, <laughs> all right. Let's move on to defensive player of the year. I, and I'm not being blue. I love. I think Michael Parsons has got my vote. Michael mm-hmm. Parsons. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, listen. He look. They already said if he gets 13 tackles Y'all or 13 know. sacks and over 100 tackles, they should, it should be. And, I, and I'm pretty sure he's closing in on that. I don't, the, the guy is just phenomenal at changing the defense. He's, he's really done a lot for Dallas's defense, especially now we got Gregory back and we got Lawrence back. That guy just – they play him everywhere, every damn where. And if you look at the Cowboys, if there's a snap going on on the defensive side, Michael Parsons is somewhere involved in it. I guarantee you. And he's always yes. near the ball. I, 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 think, I think he's playing a hell of a game. They're probably not going to give it to him because, like you said, he's a rookie. They'll probably give it to somebody like Miles Garrett or whatever. But, man, I really – I like Michael Parsons. I just think that's my boy. I think, I, I, think, I, think I think he's done enough to garner – you know, attention and at least looking at, at at him as being defensive player of the year. I don't know, Mike's Mike's boy up there in Chicago, Robert Quinn, with with eighteen sacks this season. He's, that he's is very quiet. Time. Come on, and let me just point out something: Khalil Mack played like five games. This man has not missed a beat. It is not because of Khalil Mack. Akeem yes. Hicks is out. Khalil Mack is out. Danny Trevathan is out. They've missed the entire season. Akeem Hicks comes in once in a while. He does a cool little dance, and then he tears something. It's just so important. <laughs> I love Akeem. I love Akeem so much. I'll never shit on Akeem, but it's 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 been a tragic season for him. But Robert Quinn is it's been less it. unfortunate for him, definitely. It's been it's it's really sad to see it go like down like that, especially because he's going to be a free agent. I doubt they keep him. Um, but it's it's a situation to where Robert Quinn to me is the defensive player of the year. Because I, I look at it like this. When you look at an MVP award, you look at, oh, well, how many wins do you have? Like DeMar DeRozan right now. DeMar DeRozan in the NBA is in the conversation for the MVP. Why? Because the Bulls are 24 and 10. If he was having no, no, he's going to work that in the conversation. No, but I'm just, I'm just saying, if he was still on the Spurs with these same numbers, you're not having this conversation. Like, you're just not. Like, it's not the same. You know what I mean? If right. the Spurs are <laughs> 5 and 20, no one's talking about it. But no one's talking about Robert Quinn for the same reasons. No one's everyone kind no, of stopped talking about Miles Garrett because the Browns are horrible. So they kept talking about Micah Parsons because he's the most relevant, the same way they did it with TJ Watt last year. And it's no shot at Micah or or TJ, but if it's not an MVP award, I don't see why the record matters at the end of the day. Like that's just truly how I look at it. If you're putting up the numbers, that's look a, at that's real. Look at to me, I look at Justin Jefferson. If Justin Jefferson has over 2,000 receiving yards last year, damn near, and and he still misses the playoffs, but he's still got offensive rookie of the year. Like, that's just how you have to look at it. And, and at the end of the day, to me, 18 sacks versus 
12 or 13. Like that's, I get you. I hear you. Mike is doing amazing things and he will be a defensive player of the year award winner. But as of right now, I'd give it to Robert. That's just me. No, we don't like you. So shut the hell up. We love you, Mike. I'm just just messing with you. Read that that username one more time because that's Robert. I I know, I know, man. I'm just messing with you, Mike. Don't get your pennies in a ruffle. Jay Ness, Jay Ness, who's your player? And I'm going to let Kenny and Tony wrap this thing up. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit more um, stats and uh, bonus behind it. So defensive player of the year and defensive rookie player of the year are going to go hand in hand this year. Mika Parsons is about to win both. And the reason being, he's about to be, if he keep, if he has a strong uh, week 18, uh, there's going to be another um, guy that's setting records for historic rookie seasons. So stats currently 79 tackles, 13 sacks, three forced fumbles, three pass defensed, 45 pressures, and 29 quarterback hits. So this is where that ranks us. Um, like you said, TJ and Robert uh, Quinn, 17-18. Mika's at 13 sacks. Uh, TJ Watt, 31 hits uh, hits on the quarterback. Mika Parsons, 29. Uh, NFL leaders in pressures, uh, Bosa, Garrett are tied for 46. Mika Parsons, 45. Um, so, again, you know, when we break it down, you know, just like we were talking about Chase, Mika Parsons having an exceptional year, uh, probably one of the craziest defensive rookie seasons we've witnessed in quite, quite, quite a long time. Right. And um, I think single-handedly, Mike, I think normally I would agree with you with this Robert Quinn um, thing, but I think single-handedly Mika Parsons has changed the atmosphere on the defensive end of the ball in Dallas. Oh, definitely, definitely. And – I think if an MVP could get be given to a defensive player for any other reason than being kind of like what changes the narrative, this is the guy that gets it, and this is the year that he deserves it. So I love Robert Quinn. He's a rough finish second, but I have to go Mika. Kenny. All right. Kenny. Kenny, what you got, man? Well, hey, I mean, I can't oh. disagree with the man. What are we gonna say here? <laughs> no, 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 seriously. Oh, hey, well, there's New York Knicks crap on. I don't understand you, but oh, I'm, okay, a Knicks fan. I'm a Knicks He's fan. a Knicks oh. fan. I know. I gotta give uh, him crap too. You can make it. Uh, so, I was looking at it as well, and you can make a case for a couple of guys. Uh, T.J. Watt, you can make a case for. You can make a case for Miles Garrett. You can make a case for Aaron Donald because um, he's has 12 and a half sacks and 77 tackles. Um, but I think the, the, the biggest point in it, and Jay already made it, so I'm just going to piggyback on it, is why Micah Parsons should get this award, and Robert Quinn as well. Let me show him some love as well because he, he's had a big-time season. But I think the problem with, and Mike, you said it, is that because they have such a bad team, he's not going right. to get the love that he deserves. Right. Uh, but the reason why the case is for Micah Parsons is is what Jay said in terms of, Last year, the Dallas Cowboys was like the all-time worst defensive. They're like the worst defense of all time last year. Like it was like God embarrassingly bad defensively. And you pretty much brought back the same 
you pretty much brought back the same unit except for the only you know you got a couple of other pieces there but the biggest piece or the biggest difference maker was Micah Parsons so you know between him and um Trevon you know Trevon Diggs making plays like that defense has gone from being a joke to being actually you know a defense that's respected and 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 feared to some extent um so I just think he has the biggest reason or the biggest uh he plays the biggest part as to why that is happening and also the other thing is is his versatility like he has 84 tackles to go along with those 13 sacks right and there's no reason why you know you know I guess it all depends on how much he gets used on next week but he could mess around and, and get 100 tackles. So if he has 100 tackles and, uh, you know what I'm saying, maybe another second and a half, 15 sacks, like that's unheard of, like in terms of numbers, in terms of production on the defensive side of the ball. So I think for that reason, and because the, the, the Dallas defense has made such a turnaround in one year, I think that's why he's going to wind up getting it. But you could definitely make a case for Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, TJ White. You can make a case for You can make a case for uh, Robert Quinn. But I think that because of how he's changed the culture, right. I think that's why Mike is going to get the award. Now, for the, right. for the Cowboys in the room, though, uh, I am curious. Now, is not paying Robert Quinn kind of something that upsets you guys? Oh, about? man. Well, you know what? Actually, because him and Mike. Probably- it probably opened up the door for Randy, um, for Randy yeah. Gregory. Yeah, so you, I think they. Yeah, I don't think they 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 wanted to give him that opportunity. And Randy Gregory's has played really well. Yeah, so. I think I think we rather we had Randy Gregory or Robert Quinn. I think we were going to wind up being just as good with either one of those guys. So at the end of the day, I don't think it hurt us, but I mean, obviously, it helped you guys. So. Well, I tell you what, I'll give him back for a fourth round pick right now. Well, I'll be honest. With you. We got we to gotta think the reason why we traded for Robert anyway, because you know right. he he was basically not being used in Miami, and Randy was suspended because of you right. know, you using using drugs. Because he what, Tony? Hmm? Oh, just smoking some weed. Oh, which you'll find out a lot about what you hear a lot more about weed and the uses of weed on uh what new show coming, Jay? What, what, what is that new show going to be called? <laughs> Network Minds of Creativity. Oh, yeah. You can find a lot more conversations like that going on on that new show. We'll be we'll be talking about that very soon. Exactly. But, All right. We're going to move on now. Final wild card spot for NFC. I got the Chargers taking that one. Uh, who do you got, Tony? We'll just go around the horn. Wait, the NFC or the AFC? NFC. You said the NFC and then you said the Chargers. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant AFC. I apologize. I don't know what why. an idiot. <laughs> like, I'm confused, Jay. I'm confused. Ooh. Ooh. Um, well, now, honest, I, I got charges for ASC and uh, NSC. I got pie to the 49ers. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm actually going to go the opposite. I'm going to say the Raiders. And I, and I said this actually on Bring It just a little bit ago. You, I don't know how many of y'all remember when Brett Favre's dad passed away and Brett Favre was playing Monday night and he mm-hmm. played with just raw emotion and just absolutely yeah, destroyed everything. Yeah. I feel like the Raiders are kind of doing the same thing. They went into Indy yesterday. They beat an Indy team that they weren't supposed to beat um, at all. And <sighs> the fact that John Madden passed away, the all-time great Raiders yeah. coach, yeah. what better way for them to finish off the season, come back home into Vegas, Honor John John Madden, the last game of the season, and you know, beat the Chargers, kind of secure that wild card spot uh, for the AFC. Uh, for the NFC, yeah, I would have to go. I'd have to go with the Niners. Um, 
like I said, I kind of I kind of felt that Philly was also going to get in there. I felt that they were better than they were better than the Vikings by far, um, just with the run game. So yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Raiders, 49ers, all Calif- Well, not California teams because Raiders are now in Vegas. All West Coast teams. All West Coast. What you got, Jay? Um, that's pretty much what I was going to say. Um, like I said, guys, uh, and, and to the Raider nation out there, I totally apologize uh, for not even mentioning or getting to mention, uh, the great John Madden. Uh, but that was another roller coaster in that. So, you know, yeah, definitely hats off to that. So I just feel like the Raiders kind of like what Tony just said. And, and I, I preach it all the time, guys, I believe in, in, uh, stories and sports. And uh, not to say that sports is scripted, um, but things like that happen for a reason. So uh, I really do believe the Raiders will end up making the playoffs. Um, I think they beat San Diego, which is going to mean a lot to Raider Nation. Right. Um, Beating them in week 18 to make it to the playoffs. And then on the flip side, I think the Niners are hot. I think the Niners are hot right now. And – Debo Samuel, um, let's talk about most improved player. <laughs> Where that man? Man, Debo Samuel, bro, he's turned into a beast this year. Uh, so, again, I, I would say I would agree, uh, Raiders and Niners. All right. Mike Hughes, what you got, man? I got the same thing. Um, I would have said, you know, I, I think that revenge tour very late in the season for the Steelers could have been with potential. Um, but you tied with the Lions and kind of screwed yourself on that. So you were seven, <laughs> seven, and one instead of eight and seven. Um, and, and that definitely came back and bit you. But again, I, I like Dan Campbell, I like the Lions. Um, so I'll let that slide. But it, it's definitely something to where you, you can't mathematically, I look at it and I go, There's there's no real reason I could see the Steelers. This is just for them being in the hunt, but like mathematically, I if even if they win, you're eight, eight, and one, and everyone else would just be what nine and eight like it's I don't see that happening um as for everyone else I think I do believe what they said I I believe in stories um and and I believe in those Cinderella teams I believe in Kelsey's killers winning the fantasy football championship because I'm living proof of it (laughs) Um, but no that's your last fantasy championship I'm just saying I'm just saying I gotta say it I gotta say it because they counted me out they was laughing but um it's definitely something to where for me in my personal experience like when my dad passed away you know, that football season, that whole team had zero expectations. Like, we had zero expectations for what was going to go down. Um, and then when that happened with me, we just kind of kind of rallied around it and, and just kind of just got closer. And we won the championship that year. And, and honestly, when you look at it on a stat sheet, like, we had no business doing that. We had no business being who we were. We had no business walking in that room and taking ass – taking names and kicking ass. Pause. Um, but – it, it, it is like that. And I, I think the John Madden stuff, honestly, was a blessing in disguise um, because it brought this locker room and this community and this team together. <clears throat> That's desperately what they needed because the John Gruden stuff was awful. And and, and the Henry Ruggs situation was awful. It was worse. It, it's horrible. It, it, I, w- mm, I wouldn't say it's yes. worse. Yes. No, yeah, it's, it's worse. worse. So I don't bro, know. Bro, bro. Hey, hey. Yeah. Remember, Mike. Sticks and stones may break my work, my bones, but you know words will never hurt me. Just John Gruden, yeah, bro. And and hey, I'll take on that of what Kenny no, I mean, said. I, I, mean, I don't know if hold on, but, but wait, the Henry Rugg stuff was worse than Gruden. 
No, it's psychologically, bro. Listen, if you heard Derek Carr when he got on the microphone the next day, he said, I just talked to him 15 minutes before that. That is crazy, but it, it's a situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, I hear you. But I, I think at the end of the day, you're right, though, Jay. I think it brings a lot of people together. Um, and I think that is kind of – it's unfortunate, but it's exactly what you need because that's that's what John would want too is to see these guys succeed. So it gives them even more of a reason to come together. Um, and for the 49ers, come on, man. You know, y'all know I love Jimmy G. I'll always be riding with Jimmy G. So I'm rooting for them. Kittle is a Bears fan. Got to rock with Kittle too. Um, but, yeah, I think the 49ers have the easiest shot just because they're the hottest right now. Um, but I'm curious to see if – Trey Lance gets a little bit more opportunity or is he just going to be back, you know, shelved back onto the sideline like everybody else, Justin Fields. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would say 49ers Raiders. All right. Kenny, what you got, brother? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Um, I just think that it's a whole rallying cry that's going on for, for the Raiders and they have like a, you know, a Cinderella story going on right now and to Jay's point. So I, I just think they're going to continue to ride this out, and then also with the charges, man. Every time you 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 think that um, you know you have any type of expectations for them, they always seem to let you down. So this is seeing like this would kind of be part <laughs> for the course, where they, you know what I'm saying? Like they always come up short um, in a big spot. So I, I, I just think that, and in the 49ers, let me ask you a question though: Who would you take if you had to pick between Bebo Samuel and? Um, Dag, I just forgot his name that quick. Keenan Allen? Uh, from, from Atlanta, the wide receiver running back combo. Oh, Cordero Patterson. Oh, Cordero oh, Patterson. Patterson. Who would you take if you had to pick between Debo Samuel and Cordero Patterson? Well, I've had Cordell Patterson, so I'm going to say Debo. <laughs> I think I think Cordell is um, one of those situations where your team is just that bad to where you when you have a Swiss Army knife like that, you're kind of forced to use him everywhere. So I think that's why you really see him shine. Yeah, I kind of agree because if you think about it, Cord- Cordell's been one of the he, – he's a journeyman wide receiver. Like the the Vikings drafted yeah. him first round. You know, mm-hmm. he was good, but he never really panned out as far as the wide receiver talent that they thought he was going to be. Right. Um, he went to the Raiders for a little bit. Then he went to Chicago. Now he's uh, – uh, he's with the Patriots. Now he's with the with the Falcons. So I mean, he's kind of been everywhere. He's one of those. Right. He's a great athlete. He's a good right. player when you need him to be. Um, but it's but one you, of those. You can't pretend that he wasn't a special teams unit guy for like the last six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I mean, I'm not, that's why I was asking because he kind yeah. of gives you the all the spaces. <laughs> he's more of a gadget player, whereas Debo, Debo, I could yeah. see he can be, but he's more of a complete wide receiver, whereas Cordell Patterson really never was. Yeah, right. Well, I think that Cordell Patterson, or, or my bad, Debo Samuels is a better wide receiver. Period. No, I'm but as far as on on outside of those, I think Cordell Patterson is better than Debo. And well, it has to look at Cordell, he's a jack of all trades. I mean, he's doing just about everything. Well, so he's a multi passer So I mean, that's crazy. But so does but so does Debo. I think the only thing that got Cordell Patterson the prime time position that we're seeing today in this season is he gained weight and he gained muscle this year that he didn't have in previous years. And now he's able to put a hit on people more than they put a hit on him and kick off and punt returns right. and things well, like that. Jay, would you say on a championship I still go Debo. Team, 
No, right. But but would you say on a championship caliber team that you're using Patterson the same way you use him in Atlanta? Because you have guys on that roster who deserve those spots and you just can't be plugging this guy in wherever you want. Whereas on a rebuilding I'll team, t- you could put him anywhere. I'll tell you right now, Mike, I'll pick any of the top six teams, um, three on each side in each conference. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'll say yes right now. I would use him in the exact same way that he's being used in Atlanta. Yeah on each of the three teams on each of the side, each conference in the pack in the Packers. Oh my God, what it would do to that team. Oh my God. Right. And then you look at, you look at somebody like Tampa Bay right now. I mean, granted they just had all these injuries. So yeah, if it's, it's very and, suitable uh, for the conversation. A couple, couple but, other things too. Yeah. But you know, even when before that you split plug him in there as a fill in the gap, fill in the blank type of I'm gonna plug right. him here and take Antoine Antonio Brown off the field and let him rest. And then I'm gonna take Mike. He, he fit him in he fit him in just the way the Patriots did with uh Kevin Falk man and the way they right. use Kevin Falk. I mean he, he right. got the race. And, and remember the first two years that Tyreek Hill really broke out. They were just putting him anywhere they could at that moment just to get him the ball. Right. And so, that's that's honestly I, how I felt about Henry Ruggs was the same thing with with Tyreek was I think it was just gonna take a little bit of time. It was going to be like a project. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was no, Henry Ruggs was, was definitely there. a project. No, he was there. He was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, he, had no, he was he had there. He had the speed to be yeah, that no, type of there. type of game. All right, we're, hey, we're gonna we're gonna jump over to the NBA oh, now. Talk oh, about the top three teams in the speed. East. He's got. We're talking about the top three teams in the East now, Mike. Stay with the program. I know you still mm-hmm. love it about Cordell and freaking Debo, but stay with the freaking program. All right, top three teams in the East, Mike. I'm gonna let you go first. Top three teams in the East. What you got? What are we talking about? Basketball? Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. No, man. Right. We're talking about basketball. We framed the question. Top I just, I, I, I just said basketball. we were jumping over to the NBA, and then I said, Mike, top three teams in the East. Who you got? PJ, but when you're yelling at me like that, the mic cuts off. So I only hear half of <laughs> My mic does not cut off. It's a blue snowball. It does not fail. It's just uh, your reception. You're out I there in the snow for the crying of all lives. Man, you don't even know. I ain't got no power. I can't come on the show. Shut up, Mike. Top three teams <laughs> in the East. Uh, top three teams in the East. Number one, I'm going to say it with my chest, the Chicago Bulls. I think there's no doubt about it. Um, I, yeah. I don't think anybody can tell me otherwise. I think you have to prove it. Like, to tell me something about it. Tell me why I'm wrong. The Bulls are first in the East right now for the first time in I don't know how long. Like, literally, the only time I remember the Bulls being first in the East was the first game of the season in, like, 2018. And then they <laughs> lost, like, 10 straight immediately after. So it's like I haven't seen it last this long in a very long time. Um, number two, I'm going to still give it to the Nets. Um, I think what they're doing right now with Kyrie Irving gone, with James Harden, I guess you could say underperforming, but still kind of doing his thing and leading the league in turnovers. They're still doing it. They're still out there. They're still working and they're still surprising a lot of people. Kyrie's scheduled to be playing Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Still makes no sense to me, but they literally waited for COVID to get bad again to bring in an unvaccinated person. But that's a conversation. That's a conversation. You leave my, you leave my boy day. alone. You leave my boy alone. I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. We glad to have him back. Glad to have him back. Glad to have him back. back. But number three, I think number three is where it gets tricky and where I upset a lot of people. I'm going to say the Miami Heat. I think when you really look at it, Bam Adebayo has been out for a while. Um, but if we're looking at it as an actual team all around, I love what Giannis is doing. I love Milwaukee. 
Um, but I think once Victor Oladipo, once Bam, and once a couple other cats get healthy in Miami, it's going to be a serious problem. So I would have it Bulls, Nets, and then um, Miami. Miami. It's not bad. Kenny, what you got? Um, I got a, I got a little different from Mike. I, I, I got Brooklyn number one, um, mm-hmm. especially now with Kyrie coming back um, and the mm-hmm. fact that they're only a game behind Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they've kind of been playing at, at half strength and not been playing at full strength most of the season, especially with the dealing with the COVID. And you guys have been dealing with the COVID as well. I was about to say, Kenny. No, but they 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 took us they they had we lost started some guys just like uh, yeah, I think you guys gave it to Brooklyn. <laughs> I think you guys gave it to everybody, to be honest with you. Oh, um, but yeah, so I just think and I also think in long term in terms of playoffs. So like if I'm thinking the the teams one through three that I would least like to see in the playoff or least like to match up against if I'm another team in the Eastern Conference, like Brooklyn's going to be number one. Right. I got Chicago too. Um, they're right behind them, you know, because they have those. The only thing, the reason why I'm putting Brooklyn over Chicago is, and again, I'm thinking about playoffs, is that you, they're not playoff proof. And all those right. guys, this will be their first, a lot of those guys will be their right. first time even making but a playoff. Kenny, so, Kenny, I have a, just a question before you get yeah, to Because I am curious, because you talk about the playoffs, but if you look at it now, if we look at it from this perspective, let's say the Nets are the first seed, right? And the Bulls are the second. Let's just say hypothetically. That means you have to have three to four games in Brooklyn without Kyrie Irving. So you're not really a threat to me because the Bulls have beat them twice already. So I don't and, that, and that's and that's and that's barring injuries too at the Nets. I mean, let's say everybody's healthy. I'm, I'm saying say Kyrie's not going to be there. Hold on. And before you push that narrative. Before you push that narrative. Before you push that narrative, mm-hmm. don't go too far into it. Just let's foreshadow that for I'm later saying, on. As We're of right dig now, into Kyrie. Right. He's not vaccinated as of right now, so he wouldn't be able to play in New York. Chicago's doing the same mandate thing very soon. It's coming, I think, January 15th. So if, if we do play Brooklyn, Kyrie can't play at all. Well, we'll get, in, well, we'll get into Kyrie. Yeah, that, ahead, that's... Kenny. That's, okay, did you finish right. your top three? Or did I did, Hughes, I did no, you change your names along with it? No, no. I was just answer this question. No, I'm gonna answer this question really quick. Well, Mike Hughes, I need you to change your name what to long-winded because you're long-winded, man. Change that name while he while he answers. Man, you I know, just see a bunch of giant stuff on your screen. Yeah, what it is now and what it is then, that could be totally different. So I'll just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I got Brooklyn one, I got Chicago two, and then I got Milwaukee three. Mm. Um, Milwaukee bottom, back up in there. Yeah, That's to fair. me, top to bottom, if I'm putting those two teams head yeah. to head and I'm going top to bottom, and in the playoffs, you you have to have that one guy that's able to take over the game. And that's the, my only question about Miami is that right. when they need a bucket, like, who are you going to? Because I got questions about Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, um, hasn't really gotten the job done when he's had to be that guy. And then, bam, it struggled, struggled in the playoffs last year or the last couple of years. So that's my only question about them. And you know what you're getting with Milwaukee. You got Drew Holiday that can make a big shot, Chris Middleton that can make a big shot, and, of course, Giannis. So they pretty much – they almost have three closes to a, to a degree. Right. So um, so that's why I got them three. So I got Brooklyn, Chicago, and Milwaukee. Man, it's so nice to hear y'all say that, man. It's so nice to hear y'all. JNS, what you got, man? <laughs> So I'm gonna be a little bit different, um, nice. and Don't be too different, to all your guys' points, <laughs> I have my, I have my, I have my points as well. So mm-hmm. Milwaukee currently in the standings ranking is number two. However, mm-hmm. I have them at number one. Oh, Reason so. being, mm-hmm. 
Reason being, let me tell you, let me explain, Mike. So first of all, you got to beat the chance to beat the champ, to be the champ, right? Fair. But That's with fair. that besides, but with that besides that, Brooke Lopez has been out all season. DeMarcus mm. Cousins just came in. He's starting to jail with them. Okay. Let's go, DeMarcus Cousins, once he gets his game, once he gets his feet underneath him, he's going to vibe very well with Giannis and, and them down there. The other thing is Bobby Portis has really bought into his role this year. He's playing true. bigger than ever before. Okay. So being that they are the defending champs and they're sitting number two in the standings, I got I'm them. I'm not at mad one. at that. I can't be okay? mad at that. I, I ain't tripping about it. Chicago, I have it too, only because of the championship clause. Because without the championship clause, Chicago is number two with at least 12 games of COVID. At least 12 games affected by COVID. We still got guys. So, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I do look at that, I do take that into account. Not only are you guys number two in the standings, but I can look at the next, uh, after Brooklyn, um, but the next four people underneath Brooklyn, and they're not competing with these top three right now in the East. And I just gave my third away. I got Brooklyn. Um, The reasons are infinite. Those are my that's my top three. Tony, what you looking at? Yeah, I would I would kind of a I would kind of agree. I would I would say the Nets first though, just because of the overall firepower. I mean, you know, if you if you can get Kevin Durant, if you can get a healthy um James Harden, whether you have Kyrie or not, you know, I think that's too much for Giannis Giannis and company to be able to overcome. Right. Um, but I would I would keep the Nets at one. Um, I would have the Bucks at two, kind of like what Jay said. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you to beat the champs, you gotta be the champs, and they did. Now, careful, Mike. I still got Chicago at three. Chicago still three. How you got? Um, how, how you got Brooklyn at one, man? No. Hmm? Keep that same energy, Tony. How you got? How you got Brooklyn at one? If you gotta beat the champs to beat the champs. Oh yeah, well because again you gotta think oh, about yeah, it. Well, one matchup. Well, be Brooklyn, Brooklyn, nobody. KD or Giannis? Who you gonna take? I'll take Yon. Take KD. I'll take KD. Oh, but- ah, that's what I'm talking about, Mike. But but I do agree with Jay's point, though. Albeit the fact that Chicago has literally lived with what is COVID for like the entirety of the NBA season and still managed to win and still managed to be where they're at says a lot to Chicago's depth and their ability to play, um, which I think for any team is going to continue to be dangerous. Uh, I think Miami would be a careful consideration, but again, when they need a bucket, who's going to actually go out and get it for them? Because it's not going to be Jimmy Butler, not going to be Oladipo. Right. So who, who is really going to be that step-up leader for Miami to be able to carry him? Right. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm definitely putting I'm, I'm definitely putting Milwaukee, I believe, like like what Jay said, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And they still have the same team. They did lose uh, P.J. Tucker, which I, I like his edginess. And I like that how he's a defense. Which I, think, I thought that was a big loss for them guys. I think you need mm-hmm. that one guy, that Mario Ellie, that junkyard dog. I think you need mm-hmm. that kind of guy. But with the addition of Cousins, I like that. And I think once Cousins kind of feels something more, that's going to be a really nasty approach to it. Like you said about Portis, I agree with that. I think Milwaukee is still the team to beat. I'm going to put Brooklyn – I'm not Brooklyn. I'm putting Chicago at number two because Chicago is just playing nice. DeRozan with the back-to-back game, just nice. Just nice. And I will tell you this. I will tell you this. They, they've gone through a lot. Chicago's gone through a lot. And I believe a team that can go through a lot and come out the other side – 
and then be at the number one spot and doing great things. Yes. They're getting no momentum. Come on, man. That's a dangerous mm. team. Okay, how mm. you like it? And look, let me tell you about Brooklyn. They didn't do shit last year, and they had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and your boy, James Harden. Your boy. And they were sitting at home watching the finals. Now, 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 now you got Kyrie Irving only on a part-time basis. Right. And you're going to tell me they're going to do something. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, Jay, Jay, before you go. Yeah, Jay, don't. Yeah, you. you, you no, 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 no. I'm not getting it, out of here. Hold on. They didn't do it last year. It's, they didn't but, do it last year. And I'm not going to put them at number two or number one. They went they to game last seven in the second round. And, if, and if Kevin Durant's foot is a size 14, Ooh. they win that game. So. No, okay, no, what a size 14. They don't make it seem like they lost. Right. And hold on, hold on, hold on. They lost. You're not, hold on, but you're not going to do them like that because Kyrie wasn't I'm going to do them exactly like that. They're hold not on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Kyrie wasn't healthy and James Harden wasn't healthy. See, but I think, I think and it came uh, down to There we go again. Well, they're not healthy. Okay, great. What do you, what, okay, and what? All of a sudden, they're, they're, they're getting older. When you get older, do you just automatically get that much healthier? No, you no, get, no, 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 no. Honestly, I'm that tell you something. Dave McLovin's point, in my opinion, is because when you really look at it, oh, well, Kyrie's here part-time. Well, is Kyrie even going to be healthy by the time the playoffs come? Is James Harden going to be healthy by the time the playoffs come? Because that's been them, their career throughout the entire history of their careers. That's 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 been it. Whether it was in Boston, whether it was in Cleveland, whether it was in Houston, Jay, don't make that face. Like James Harden's always hurt. James Harden's no, always he's not. Hurt. I think that you guys are kind of going too hard on these two, no. these two yeah. cats for some reason. I, I, James Harden I never had Kyrie, that issue, about but not injuries. James Harden. James yeah, Harden, James Harden was just not the guy that got it. Jay McLovin, look at me straight in the face and tell me that James Harden and his, his hamstrings have a divorce every postseason. Every no, it happened no, with Houston, and it happened. No, in, it's happened in Brooklyn. Yes, Mike, and let's be honest. There's times when James Harden that was MIA in the playoffs. How many times did he go MIA in the playoffs as a Houston Rockets fan? How many times did he go MIA in the playoffs? A lot. No, hey, that was wrong. But that's not health. I'm adding stuff to the reasons why they're not going to be there. They got health. You got chemistry. You got yeah, injuries. You talk about James Harden block. being hurt, being not being healthy. That that has been the problem with James Harden. He's been no. healthy. This was is the first time that he's really had an injury. He was always healthy in Houston. He was he didn't have, no, yeah. he didn't have no issues yeah. with injuries in Houston. No, in, in, Houston in Houston, it's more about him just disappearing in the playoffs. There's enough about James Harden that I don't count on him in the playoffs. That's my point. I don't count in on him in the playoffs. Seven, he in wasn't disappointing. He wasn't disappearing. It was one man versus like five with Golden State. Thank you. Like, yeah. you yeah. 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 Like, you have another two. But when you miss, you have any shots you missed because I did, Tony. Tony, how many oh, games you watch the Rockets? How many games, Tony? How many games you watch? I can play every other one. The man I watch brick after brick after brick after brick, and I'm like, damn, this supposed to be the guy carrying the team. Tony, he didn't. Keep, he couldn't carry shit. He did carry the team. That's the knock on James Harden. Yeah. James Harden talking about him coming up, but but Jay, you talking? It was that way in Houston. Hold on, Jay, calm down. But you talking about him coming up short in Game Seven of the Western Conference Finals? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you make you make a, know, it, this ain't the first. This ain't the first round. You talking about the Western Conference Finals? Yeah. Like, you, you, I could understand. He still makes shots. Early, but they was making. 
But that was my point is that we're making deep playoff runs during that time of him being in Houston. Look, so I don't you think can say that he doesn't come win, to the you playoffs. Win. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's a fair, uh, accurate statement. I and I agree because I look, watched the man. I watched, watched the man shoot miss after miss in Houston. A lot of them. But look, but Jay, here's the I thing. I remember watching games and the commentator be like, well, there goes James Harden with another miss. Can't count on him. I mean, how many times I heard that comment? A lot. No, but you're not understanding, though. In Houston, he, James Harden was a, a ultra – High volume shooter in Houston. I get James that. Harden was was assigned to shoot thirty five shots a game in Houston. So even his misses were a part of the offense. Like and y'all really but, believe that? I tell you right now, Houston Houston made out like a band when we got rid of Harden. I was so glad to get rid of Harden, man. We got all them draft picks. We, we made out. Well. But, but and what has Brooklyn got for it? Hey, you what's Brooklyn got for it? Nah, nah, Jay, because that's not yeah. that shit just don't slide like that. You didn't it slides just like what that. What is Brooklyn got get for it? Anything. What? No, you but what did you nothing. get? Zilch. You got a broke down Ola Depot. No, we got, we got, no, we, we did. We, we got, got a broke down Ola Depot. We got, we got a draft pick for hard. Who is his number two? We got, we got like, three number one. Because, Jay, here's what's crazy. Hold on. For, for Jimmy. I want to go. Can Tony say what he's saying real quick? Go ahead. Yeah, cause who was it? Who was his number like two? Four times. Like he he didn't have a number yes. two until he got Westbrook. Like it was literally just James Harden for the entire Chris damn Paul. time. So we didn't and have he was Chris carrying. You, you you had Chris Paul. I just don't believe the Brooklyn. I don't I don't believe in the Brooklyn Nets. I have zero I faith think, in the Brooklyn I Nets. The main comment okay. out of everything we just said was the fact that let's be real here: the Bulls for Jimmy Butler. Got Zach Levine, Laurie Marketing, and Chris Dunn, and a pick. What did you get for James Harden, one of the best scorers in this generation? Is nothing. Correct. Nothing. So, you made, hey, you right, make hey but look at us now. We beat your Bulls. So and, shut and, the hell up. Guess what, Chris, though? Where am I, Jay? Top three in your standings. And Chris, and hey, Chris I Paul, it. Hey, you, I, you are. Hey, I actually put you at number two. Because, Chris, you think about it. When James Harden was having to lead the Rockets against the Warriors and his number two was Chris Paul, what happened to Chris Paul? Chris Paul got hurt. And then once again, who was it? It was James Harden versus James five Harden. Golden State Warriors man, at their was, peak man, and in their prime. Y'all remember them? That shit was nice. That shit was remember, nice. Those, those were great. I remember watching that whole series. That was a great series. I wasn't Chris even mad. Paul They're my favorite team, bro. They were nice. So in in Tony, you so everybody gave their top in the uh, uh, East, right? Yeah. yeah so everybody. now we're going to the West. Top three in the West. We'll start with Jay Ness, and we'll just go that direction. Jay, what you got? Um, I mean, this one is very very easy. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna save that third one. Obviously, uh, first two Warrior Suns. Um, mm-hmm. every every game they played this year has been freaking fantastic basketball. Um, I'm talking about their head to head matchups. They were they were been they've been fantastic, and they really look like the two best teams in the West uh, when they play head to head matchups. And then they look like the best teams in the West every freaking night, in and out. Um, every night, I'm I'm looking at the Suns, and obviously, you know, not trying to be a homer, uh, but I'm looking at the Suns like, dang, he's doing this tonight. Dang, he's doing Jalen Smith. If guys, if you don't know who Sticks is, Ooh. Ooh, please. Get you some, some in your up. life last night. Sheesh, that was plumly. 
And 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 people are gonna start seeing sticks now, man. He's been in the NBA waiting. He was a young guy when we got him. I, I, I'm I've been rooting for him since since we drafted him, and and he's been getting some some playing time now that COVID's been going. So I really like that him stepping in there. We've needed a four for the past three years. Um, no no disrespect to Jay uh, Jay Crowder whatsoever. Uh, but he's not the four that you want as a starter. I'd rather he's come off the bench. Correct. Um, but outside of that, number three, I have the Jazz. But please, please, please watch out for the Memphis Grizzlies. Watch out. Because they might sneak into that top three and lock it down for years to come. Jay, Jay stole my Joel State. Jay stole my picks. <laughs> All right, then we will slide down the mic. Then, well, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, respectfully, I know you got to beat the best to be the best. But the Warriors have been the best before, and and they've been the best for a very long time and a lot longer. So to be able to have Clay Thompson hopefully coming back this Sunday, or at least be an idea of, okay, he's back. You know what I mean? Like he can play at any time, not, okay, here's the timeline of when he may or may not come back. And as someone who picked him up in fantasy, get your ass back here now. Um, <laughs> but we're three and eight, let's go. But I, I got them coming back. Um, Wiseman and and Clay are going to be a huge impact for them. I hope it doesn't change the impact of Jordan Poole, uh, Gary Payton, the second, third, whichever one second. it is. Uh, second. All right. Thank you. But, um, yeah, it's definitely something I hope doesn't impact them too much because they're going to probably be getting less shots. But I think very early on it'll be perfectly fine because Clay won't be needing the ball that much. I think they're going to get him back in tune. And and I'm praying for him because Clay's one of my favorite players in this league. Uh, so I have the Warriors at one, the Suns at two. The Suns at two, and, and rightfully so, is the greatest thing that could have happened to them as a team is losing in the finals. I truly believe that. Um, and for the longevity and long term, I felt like, Chris Paul especially disappointed me um, because I know he had never been to the finals. So when he finally made it, Kenny, you and I talked about it when it happened. I mm-hmm. said, this man's acting like he just won a championship. And I get it. It was a it was a great accomplishment to finally get there. But that's where I felt like it all ended was because that's that's when I was like, all right, you're losing, you're losing the focus. Giannis goes down with the hyper knee extension. You're still not performing that. You're still not taking over when you should. And that was where problems alive. But losing that finals, I think it, it stung with guys like Debo because they're hard workers. And and what that meant for him with Kobe and everything else meant everything. Uh Jay Crowder, you know, Jay made a point about Jay Crowder and, and I'm gonna bring another one. That man's been the two back to back finals and has zero rings on his finger other than his wedding ring. That man is pissed. Like, mm. you better come back. And I, and bringing in JaVel McGee, another guy who's won a championship mm. before. Aiton, not giving him that extension, which, Jay, we've had this conversation. But not getting the extension, he's playing up to that extension now. Mm. He's trying to play like a big man. He's trying to be that guy. So I have the Suns at two. Um, and, and three is an interesting one because I think at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about Memphis. And just to be different, I love Memphis. I love Ja. I've been big on Ja since – since college um but just to be a little bit different here i think when you see the nuggets at full strength if potentially jamal murray can come back and maybe be that guy i think it's a conversation to be had that you might want to take them just a little bit more seriously than other people are good point kenny um yeah i you know of course the top the top two um go to state and phoenix i think 
in order for Phoenix to overtake Golden State, I think they're going to have to really lean into their size advantage because to me, I think that's where the difference <clears> is, <throat> is using the DeAndre Aytons, using the, you know, Javel McGee's, using the Jalen Smiths, um, using those guys in the paint and scoring points in the paint because to me, that's the one weakness of the Golden State Warriors is they don't have a lot of size and a lot of depth in the front line. And, you know, Draymond Green is undersized. They really don't have a shot blocker in the paint. So I think in order for Phoenix to overtake Golden State, they're really going to have to push that advantage. And yeah. I can't – I will, I, I, I hope it all works out that they wind up in the Western Conference Finals because I think that's like a 15-round heavyweight fight that goes seven games. So oh, yeah. um, those are definitely oh, yeah. the, the two. But I got Memphis at three. You know, Jay okay. said, watch out for Memphis. I think they here. They're not okay. going nowhere. Matter of fact, they just spanked Brooklyn. I was watching them. They spanked Brooklyn uh, a few minutes ago. And Ja's just, a dog, man. That's what I mean. And Ja, man, Ja is not – Ja, he's he's letting the league know. Like, he's putting the league on notice that I'm, I'm here. <laughs> you're going to put my name – you're going to put my name in. You know, when you're talking about elite players, you're going to start talking about me with the rest of these right. guys. And, you know, he kind of started that coming out party in the playoffs against Golden State, ironically. Um, so I just think that that they're on an upper trajectory. And I love Jaron Jackson Jr. as well. I think they have a great young core, and they got some nice pieces. Desmond Bain is a really good player that I didn't know about, that he's really come on this year and, and given them a lot. Brooks. So they got some nice young pieces. And I think, you know, I talked about it earlier. When it comes to the playoffs, like, you got to have that guy that can take over the game. And to me, that that's the one thing that John Morant can do. Yes. And I think with Utah, they kind of struggle to score in the playoffs because they kind of move with some of their parts as opposed to, you know, um, one big piece. Although, you know, Donovan Mitchell is a great player, but he sometimes he get, he tends to struggle with his shot in the playoffs. So I just think that they I, – I just like Memphis a little better than them. And um, so that's my three, Golden State, Phoenix, and Memphis. Because Utah seems to get a little bit one-dimensional – uh, in the yeah, playoffs. yeah, they kind of. It's almost like they get figured out yeah. when it comes playoff time. So, and they start struggling to score, and they don't really have another closer besides um, Donovan Mitchell. So, if he's not rolling, if he's not giving them twenty-five to thirty, and they kind of struggle to figure out who's going to be that other guy because Conley, um, you know, he kind of comes and goes, and he wasn't healthy last year, so we didn't really get to see him being a hundred percent. Matter of fact, the last two playoffs he's been banged up, yeah. so I think that's been a problem for them. And then, you know, um, and then, of course, what's the name? Rudy Gobert is, is not a factor offensively unless you're throwing him a lot. Right. So I right. just think they, they, you know, when the game slows down, they just struggle to, to get back, to get baskets. So I think that's what hurts them come playoff time. And I just think that, that that Memphis has a few more guys that can get their own shot and also make plays for other guys. That's why yeah, I got, I got Gold State, time. Phoenix, and uh, Memphis as well. I really think Memphis is, is going to, especially, you know, after COVID, I think Memphis is going to come back and they're going to be straight. So. I definitely yeah. like Memphis playing. I think they're playing like dogs. All right, man. Hey, we're going to jump into uh, players that are impacting uh, or what, what impact they are going to have on their teams when they come back. We'll start off with Kyrie Irving and the and the uh, impact on Brooklyn. Um, Jay, I'll let you start that one off. <laughs> um, Like I said, man, Kyrie Irving impact for Brooklyn, it's going to be major. Because I hear what Mike's been saying, um, you know, and I'm going to take one out of your guys' book. Um, you guys were talking about injuries. You guys were talking about players being healthy when it comes playoff time. 
Hey, don't don't uh, do this though. This don't do this though, Jay. Kenny, so, that's my dog. I love me, Kyrie. So hold on, hold on. So Kyrie can be used simply as James Harden take the night off. Kevin Durant take the night off tonight. Right. Oh, we need we need to do this. You guys take this take this. You can play, but take yeah. the, take the back seat to this one. Right. And and there's a lot of different ways we can go and look at how we're going to utilize Kyrie. <sighs> The other thing is, guys, I'm going to, before I even move on to what I think the impact of this is, I think this is bigger than what it, than just basketball. Um, you know, and we need to make a little bit of shed on that, you know, shine some light on that. Remember in August, guys, this guy was ridiculed. Stephen A. Smith called him a clown on national television. Many still is to this day. They, they they beat this dude's name into the floor, said he shouldn't be in the league any longer. Right. If you don't want to play, get the hell out of here. Retire. And he took all that and said, I still believe what I believe. I still feel like this foreign substance that you guys are haven't given me to him, haven't given me enough information about, is shouldn't belong in my body. And I always said, whether I agree with what he's saying or not, I agree with how he's handling it. And tenfolds, it comes back around. Now Kyrie's getting called into play. And I want to shine some light on that because now what he could have done was, now he could have been like this in the corner as some, you know, the pouting young kid. Like, no, y'all told me y'all didn't want me to play. I ain't going to play. And, 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 and made a political statement out of it. But He's coming back. He's going to take the ride. He's going to play the games he can play. He's not going to be a distraction to his locker room, which he never was. He was never trying to be. And I think this is going to be a positive light for the team in, its, in itself. And I think it might push them on a 10-game, 11-game winning streak because of it, um, just to be honest. So I think it's going to have a very positive effect on the team overall. Mike, what you got? Listen. Kenny knows. That's my dog. And when Freddie and everybody else was ridiculing this man on ASAP, talking about him, Jay, I'm obliged to you. You played your role. I think everyone played their role. But me, no, and Kenny, I was. I I stood. I stood pat. Kenny knows. I stood pat. Like y'all is tripping. Lay off. Of, lay off of Kyrie. Kyrie's gonna stand by what he believes. And I stand by it as a man. He's doing what he's doing as a man. He accepts the consequences as a man. That was my theme of it. He's handling right. it as a man. And I think at the end of the day, people forget how much of a dog this kid is and that he's yes. still a kid. People think this kid, this guy's 34 years old. No, you know, I, I hear you. You know, he's not the biggest fan of a fresh fade and a clean beard, but this kid's young. <laughs> this kid's young. You know, he's, he's doing his oh, thing. He might look a little older. <laughs> he might wear baggy clothes. He might be doing the, the, the stagings and stuff. Time. But this yeah. kid can move, and, and and if he's healthy, and that's my biggest thing is just Kyrie's health is, and it, and it always has been, and it's not a shot at Kyrie. It's just a re, it's just a legitimate statement. Is he might be Kyrie, the healthiest ever now? Right. Yeah, that, yeah. But that, that's my thing though is we've seen mm. plenty of times where he's the healthiest ever, and he's had so much time, and it's still it, right. it just You're nagging right. injuries. It's just his play style. It, it's the way You're he right. moves about it. Um, and, and that's really what hurts him. But the impact is everything. Now, the one problem I do have with what you said, Jay, is this. Oh, well, KD needs the night off. All right. Well, Kyrie can fill in as long as you're not in New York, as long as you're not in California. 
And no, no, and that's what I was referring to, like right. on the road games. But what I what I mean is that by though is with everything going on now, Chicago is adding to New York and California as well. Other cities are right. starting to implement the same thing. I don't know how long and how many places Kyrie's actually going to be able to play come playoffs. Like I really don't because you know I, the different. one place, the one place I know Kyrie Irving is safe is Florida because Florida could give a damn about the whole thing. No, they don't care like at all. But it, it's just to me at the end of the day, I think the impact is huge. The impact changes the game and the narrative of who's actually going to the finals and who's not. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think there's always going to be that question mark of is he going to be available? Um, and, and that's why my thing with James Harden was the same thing is when you look at it. Oh, well, James Harden did play in game seven of the Eastern Conference finals, but he was a decoy. He wasn't healthy mm, either. No, he let's, let's not let's not call it for what it Absolutely. was. He was a decoy. He was standing Absolutely. there doing nothing. He was afraid to Absolutely. shoot. And, and and that was where my thing was, is I had seen it happen a couple other times in Houston, not throughout the longevity of Houston. He was a dog throughout all those years. But later on, him and Paul and Westbrook were just on and on and on with these muscle injuries. And then you started to see it a lot more in Brooklyn. And, and that's where I'm kind of like, I just don't know the availability of these guys. And, and for Kyrie's point, I don't know the availability of you just because I don't know where you're going to be playing tomorrow night. You know what I mean? So the impact is huge. Um, but in, at the end of the day, I, I think it, it's unfortunate that it's not as huge as it should be because of the rules. Kenny, what you got? Um, I think the impact is more so to take some of the, to Jay's point, to take some of the load off of Katie and off of, off of James Harden. They've been playing – uh, especially KD, he's been playing a lot of minutes. Um, I think that's the, really the biggest reason why they brought him back is to kind of to lessen the load on those guys, and he'll he'll you know give them a shot in, in the arm in terms of being somebody that could come in and get you 25 or 30 on on those world games, and also you know like Jay said, you know KD could kind of maybe play 25 30 minutes those those nights as opposed to playing 35 to 40 minutes that he's been playing. So maybe, you know, that kind of helps to keep him keep him fresh as well as James Harden, keep them fresh going into the playoffs because, you know, like we were talking about earlier, that was really the biggest reason why they lost to Milwaukee is that, the, you know, they had injuries in terms of James Harden and Kyrie turning his ankle. Um, and then the other thing is that I think this also helps to keep Kyrie fresh because he has battled injuries throughout his career. Um, so the fact that he's not playing a full schedule, that gives you – you know, that gives probably him the best chance to be at his healthiest going into the playoffs. And who knows what happens with these um, with these vaccine mandates? Who knows if he gets vaccinated from now between now and going into the playoffs and he becomes a full time participant? We don't know. Um, so I just think that it's just going to help them in terms of keeping their team fresh and keeping their stars fresh going into the playoffs. So I think that's really the biggest impact that he's going to have. Yeah, I mean, if you look at if, if you look at it from the I guess keeping them fresh standpoint, when they act, when he's actually on the court and able to play, then yeah, I can see that. But the rest of it, I just think he's a distraction. I think he's a distraction. I think he, he they can't really develop good chemistry with him because they, he's not always playing all the time. So I don't I don't see it like that. I think Kyrie's a good player, but I just think the, the I just think you know you got to be with the team. All the time, I think he's. Yeah, I, well, he, he's not, he, I think he'll he's still be. But I think what you're missing though is that he'll still be with 
he'll still be with them because he's practicing while they're in. He can practice, and that's another thing that's crazy. How can he? Well, okay, if he's, I, I, that's what, maybe I misunderstood. That's for well, I thought he day. was allowed to, to be in New no, York. No, he can practice. No, he can practice, and that's 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 another thing that makes this thing crazy is that he's allowed to practice with the team while they're in New York, but he can't play in games in New York. That's and another subject for another day. And, and, exactly. Because if that's the case. If he's allowed to practice where he can still build that chemistry, then that's that's great. That's, that, I mean, it is but what it is. The, and that's the part that people are forgetting, though, Jay, is that this is not an NBA thing. This is nothing. No, it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's a Correct. city telling that. So, and, I, and, I, and I get that. That's weird. what I'm saying. So if he's allowed to practice where he can develop that to where he's not, a, you know, whatever, then that's fine. Right. But, yeah. but Jay, so it's a weird position. your point, though, if dropping 25 to 30 points a night is a distraction, I would love a distraction. I'm just <laughs> exactly. that's just me. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So moving on, let's hey, let's talk about Clay. Let's talk about the goat. Talk uh-huh. about him nice, Jay. What's his name? Clay the goat Thompson. You gotta relax. Oh yeah. Relax. Hey, listen. The goat. <laughs> the goat. The goat. Let's with you, Mike. Since you're already amped up, let's talk about Clay Thompson. What he means. Uh, to the Gold State Warriors, uh, what the impact of him will tell you what I'll tell you what DeMar DeRozan getting MVP chance, all these other cats having amazing years, going for most improved player of the year, comeback player of the year. Don't matter, Clay missed three months and he's still winning that award. I promise you that. I promise you that this man's coming back. I don't care what anybody says. This man's coming back with a vengeance. And, I and hope so. He's been out for a while. If he oh, can't do it now, he ain't never gonna do it. Y'all gonna y'all gonna disrespect my man and leave him on number what 77 of the top 75 of all time? Oh, there's no karma's a what well, Jay, you already know. I, I can't swear on here no more, but karma's real and she's coming. Now, defensively, might not be there, but shoot or shoot, and don't be all you gotta do is shoot the rock. He the other day, 24 threes in a row at, at the practice. Uh, he still got the Yes, no. He ain't going nowhere. And now with, with Poole and, and Wiseman and Draymond and all these other cats out there and, and Gary Payton the second, he don't even got to play a lick at yeah, The biggest thing with Clay is is him, you know, there's freak injuries. I, right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, he, you know, sometimes you just get those freak injuries, man. And I hope that he can stay, he can stay away from that. And if he can right. stay away from that, yeah, he's going to have no problems. Right. You but know, I'm just saying, just know all y'all had to do is put my boy on the list and none of these problems would be in your face right now. But now you want to put Dame, you want to put Dame on that list. We got a problem. We got a problem. I agree. I agree. Jay, what you got? Let me tell you guys something. Any man that can put up, 30-plus points and dribble the ball five times in a game is – I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Good luck guarding them. And then yeah. you add Gary Payton Jr., then you add Poole, and then if Jamin Wiseman comes back at any point before the playoffs, you add him to the mix. And I'm telling yeah. you, we might actually see a, a guy put up 30 and never dribble. Ever, <laughs> it's like seriously, we might see no. it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. never dribble. And and you know the craziest thing is, any other time, you guys, we'd be sitting here like, but what if the injuries and in, in Jay to to your you know to to what you were just saying, you even brought it up, like, but it's a freak accident, and you know, this particular player is the only player. I'm, I don't care. I don't care about the injury pass. I don't care. 
because he plays and his playing style protects him in a way that he's not putting himself to the through the possibilities of going in, getting injured like an average player is. And he's not using his athleticism in a way that an average player is using it to get injured. But but take a consideration. He tore the Achilles, comes it was back. A freak accident. Hold on, hold on. Just just listen to me. Well, the Achilles comes back, tears the ACL right off the bat. No, now those the are two major, freaking yeah. major, major injuries. No, yeah, it's, it's opposite. And, and ACL, how, then the Achilles. It was the ACL, then the Achilles. Well, you know what I'm saying, right? I'm just saying. Yeah. Either way you want to look at it, tit for tat, there's still two major injuries. And that those, that's big, right? I mean, that's big. Same leg, right? No. Same leg. Uh-uh. Same leg. No. So, well, anyway, maybe it was opposite. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Way. Those are still big injuries. No, they are. Your no, Achilles is freaking huge. No, you can you can rip that thing a second time with no problems. But the difference is uh, you can breathe on it wrong and tear it. Jay's point though, as a shooter, um, he's not exactly he's not putting as much. You say that and you say it, but it can happen. But I'm just saying, in terms of as a shooter though, you're not putting as much strength. Like say you know, like the D Rose, like he kept on having those same problems because the way he played the game. Why you do that? You know, I give you D Rose, my guy, but that, so many, but it, it so many other conversations is. we could have had. So many, other yeah, guys but just the, just the way he played, it ah, just you know, he's gonna put that that stress on his body because of right. the way he plays. And I yeah. don't think Clay is gonna have that same issue. So, and and you look at it too is how did Clay tear his ACL? Was dunking? He shouldn't have been doing that to begin with. You know, I I don't see it happening. But you can twist. You, hey, you can twist, slip, fall. No, I mean, there's many other ways you can jack yourself up. Yeah, you don't have what, to I'm is, what I'm saying is his his game. He he was doing something that wasn't that's natural so for his game. Correct. And, and and that's to your point too. You and that's the adjustment that he'll make. Right. And and to the defense against what you're saying, Jay, is you're you're one thousand percent right. No one is saying that you're wrong in right. everything yeah, that you just said. This is a possibility, and this is a possibility, and this is a possibility. But we're not talking about you know Allen Iversons or John Morant's or or Derek. Rose I guess you don't have or, to be a John Morant to turn left and, and no, have no, 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 no. But what we're saying is like, and, and sorry to keep bringing up Derek Mor- Derek Rose, but he's the best analogy in this. He has so much torque. When he mm-hmm. goes to jump, he's driving so much power and energy mm-hmm. through his legs, through his knee, through those ankles. That those correct that those springs burst. And what we're trying to say is that Clay, the, his style of play protects those springs, protects right. those ankles, protects those knee joints. And to you know, Mike's, uh, you know, what he was just saying to piggyback off of it when he was dunking. That's not Clay. He was he was out there clowning around and got hurt. That's what we're saying. Well, you better hope he doesn't clown around, man. You better hope he doesn't do any freak things. Because those freak things, you're right. Those freak things never happen. No, I I just think that they never happen. Also, you learn from it, right? The thing that they're going to do is they're going to really monitor his minutes they're going to be really careful and right. i how think to he's, utilize he's a role him. player for a very yeah long time. yeah you know he's going to play 15 you know they're probably going to start him with 10 to 15 minutes 15 to 20 minutes that type of thing and they're going to be really smart and really wise as, as to how they you know implement him so i think his impact to to so to answer the question the topic i don't think his impact is going to be as great for that reason 
Right. Is that they're going to really be careful in terms of monitoring and managing his minutes because they want him just like with Kyrie. And, you know, we we're talking about they, with want, the the they want those guys. That, yeah, exactly. They're thinking the they long term. The they're playoff. thinking the long run. They want him to be a, a, as fresh as possible and be as, as healthy as possible going into the playoffs. I think this is really, to me, I think this is just for him to get a rhythm, to get back into right. the rhythm of playing that, with his team. Like, yeah, to get back out there, you know, know, going up and down, you know, getting building that, rebuilding that chemistry with Steph. Right. And, you know, with his other teammates, because he hasn't played with Jordan Poole, he hasn't played with Gary Payton, um, the second, and those other guys, Andrew Wiggins. So, so he's going to, you know, just take the time to figure out his space, figure out his spots and where he can get his shots from and, and um, you know, how he's going to space the floor and how he's going to play off for of those guys. Right. But he's going to be, you know, because to, to, um, to Mike's point, he still can shoot that thing. We saw that. He can still he's still knocking it down. So and he's gonna get a ton of open looks. Right. Now I because look at of it like all this. of the attention that Steph gets, he's gonna get a ton of open right. looks. So he's gonna get his yeah. opportunity to knock right. down shots. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a game where he goes off for about five, you know, four, five, six threes, and he's like, Oh, there he goes, he's back. Mm-hmm. And he has one of those nights, but I don't think it's gonna be one of those things where he's gonna come back averaging 15, you know, 20 points a game like he was right. before he got hurt. I think um, it'd be like you know, 10 or 15 or something like that. Penny, do you do you think that the wisest decision though is to have Clay coming off the bench so that you don't have guys like Jordan Poole and others kind of declining because of not getting as many touches? Because well, they could be a six man of the year type guy if he's on that bench. I well, from what I saw that. Kerr already said when he comes back, he's starting. So I think yeah, that decision. I don't know if I would do. I think I, 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 I agree with you because the way those guys are rolling, right? You I don't think you kind of yeah, you don't mess with that chemistry. And I think it's easier to implement him right. as a guy coming off the bench as opposed to being a starter. And then also managing his minutes is easier to me, right? Coming off the bench as it is as a starter. Right. But I mean, you know, Kerr knows what he's doing. But I, I, I I'm with you. I, if it was my decision as a coach. I'm bringing him off the bench, uh, but I just think that you know he's he's that's one of those things where you talked about the the whole top seventy five thing. He's he's giving them you know showing them that respect right. and bringing them back as a starter. But yeah, I would have brought him off the bench if it was yeah. my decision. Oh yeah, at least at least for a few seven, right, at least for games. a couple weeks or something. Yeah, yeah, and especially because those guys are rolling. Jordan Poole right. is rolling. Andrew Wiggins is rolling. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I, you know, one of the things, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. But Jay made a great point. You know, he said the word. I was waiting for someone to say it. I didn't think we were going to get to it. Jay McLovin's going to love this too. Jay, you said something about eight games. Um, just a little update. Uh, the Bulls have now won eight straight games. That's just, what an amazing transition. I just <laughs> got out there. I thought that was a little fun fact. Uh, that, that was a very, very, very beautiful transition there. I'm glad that you know you caught that around with that one. Hey, listen, you got to hey, get Marcus Cross, man. He, after dealing with the Chicago Bears, you got to get in that ray of hope with the Chicago listen, Bulls. So. Why you think my wall's red? Why you think my wall's red? You know, he's going to get some for alley He's going to take it. I'm not mad at it. Oh, I had Since we're doing eights, though. Eights is the number of losses the Suns have this season, which is two less than Chicago Bulls. I just want to throw that that's, out there, too. That's hot. That's hot. I'll see you, you, know. I'll see you in February, my boy. I'll see you in February. <laughs> All right, man. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Anybody got any final thoughts before we call farewell? Oh, I will. Yeah, I just want to say uh, real quick, 
Oh, uh, and we didn't really talk about it, but man, what a dud those bowl games were, man. I was really excited and looking forward to those college football playoff games and both of them were just straight duds. So I just want to say, man, please let this championship be a competitive game. Hell um, yeah. Cause hey, I on that yeah, me too, man. Shit. I Go, Georgia better game. figure it out. Georgia better figure it out. Please. I cannot watch another year of, of, of Alabama winning another international championship. In the same way. What do you got? Before? I'm, I'm going to let Mike say his thoughts last because he's long winded. <laughs> well, well, in the same light on Kenny's behalf, uh, what Kenny was saying, big ups to Oklahoma State. And yes, game that Bro. was a doozy. Oh, yeah, it was. Man. I agree. Absolutely, and it just shows you again why Notre Dame just doesn't belong. Uh, no, uh, I'm not gonna uh, say that because they fucking put on. I mean, excuse my French again. Oh, try better this year. Oh! They put on a really, 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 really a great good first show. half. Yeah, was, great that first game half. was good, man. That game was so good. A great first half. That's it. But I will end it with this. <laughs> I want to say uh, congratulations, Becky Hammonds. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Las Vegas Aces. That's huge this year. Yeah, that's love. Right yeah. now, as she's taking on those duties, she's doubling up. She's still the assistant uh, coach for the San Antonio Spurs, um, and I think that. Uh, <clears throat> she's about to move um, the WNBA in a, in a big direction in the next few years. Um, I think what she's about to do is, is just obviously it's just starting. Um, but for her to sit in the seat that she sat in uh, for so long behind Greg Popovich, uh, for her to sit kind of in that shadow waiting uh, patiently um, to kind of take that realm and then deciding to go to the Las Vegas Aces, which kind of we've talked about all show how money in Vegas, they come together. Um, so her going to, to, to the Las Vegas Aces, I think a lot of money is about to get funneled into that, and it's really going to help the WNBA. So I just wanted to draw some light on that. Um, hats okay. off to Becky Hammonds with that. All right, Mike. Give me the Dia Tribe, baby. Uh, <laughs> mine, was, mine was very similar to Jay's. Is, is Becky Hammond, it's, it's one of those situations. I heard a lot of people – saying that this is a downgrade for her um, and, and saying that this was oh, a bad move and it's a bad look and it's not. because a woman couldn't make it in the NBA. And that's, that's the that farthest thing. Yeah. That's the farthest thing from the truth. Um, what this brings to the WNBA and you guys know, I covered the Chicago sky throughout the finals and throughout that entire go. Um, it's, it's what these women do is, is so amazing and so much fun to watch. I have, I'm going to be real. I, the highlights are nice. But I have more fun watching women's basketball than I do men's, just because it's a lot more competitive. The games are a lot more easier. Right, more strategy into it. It's not just all right. We'll dump it to Zion and he'll he'll dunk. Like it's, <laughs> like it, it's, a, it's a strategy of you know who can make the best game plan and who can adjust to it. Um, and Becky Hammond, having one of the greatest coaches of all time to be mentored by and, and be a part of the NBA and bringing that into the WNBA shows so much of what Kobe Bryant was trying to do with Gianna Bryant and many other individuals of bringing the NBA atmosphere into the NBA um, and vice versa. Yeah, right. and, and, yeah. and and that's where I think you people misconstrued it of, oh, well, she could have eventually been an NBA head coach or, oh, well, she couldn't hack it and that's why she left. No, she learned from one of the best and now she's going to bring that into something that means the, probably the world to her. 
And, and, and that's going to mean so much more. It'll mean more to her to win a championship there the, than it would to win an NBA championship. Right. And mark my words, she will coach in the in the NBA. She I believe will I coach. Because she was a finalist. She was a finalist for the um for the Blazers job. So yeah, she's had some opportunities to interview as a head coach. So it's just a matter of time. Right. I but think this she is, will. This is not. This is not a. This is not a downgrade. This is right. not. This I think she'll go there. So. She'll win a yeah. chip or two, and then she'll be back in the NBA. But I, I think, without a doubt, um, congratulations to her because it's it's to to blatantly disrespect someone because of their gender or because of going to the WNBA is is just the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. And you are the same people that can't hoop, so don't talk to me. And and that's just the reality of it. Right. Right. No, and, and there's no other way to put that. Uh, WNBA, I, I really think that they're going to – this is going to be a long-term effect, and I'm mm-hmm. glad you brought up the, the Kobe and the Gigi thing. Uh, it was going to be this, you. This was, this is what he was pushing towards. So, And I want to applaud Becky for, for taking that leap and doing it because, like you said as well, Mike, I think she is going to get a lot of backlash and hate. Oh, you took the down – like you said, you took the downgrade job – you couldn't make it. We told you there's gonna be a lot of those people out there, and right. that's not what's happening. Win a championship. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's not what's happening here. It's crazy. Well, all right, folks. On yeah. behalf of Jay, Mike, and Kenny, and uh, Tony, who we rarely see from time to time, man. I just want to say, I of course you do, Mike. Of course, that's why I call you long-winded. Go Wait, ahead, Mike. Say what you want to say. Put a PS in there. I may be late, but I never left you twice. I'm just saying. I never left you twice. <laughs> and, and, of course, Freddie, you know, conveniently had to work. Mm-hmm. He had to close. Yeah, yeah. After he's taken two butt whoopings the last couple of weeks, two embarrassing losses, he hasn't been able to show up for the show. Mighty convenient. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, that's a whole other hour we, of Freddie's long-winded uh, diatribes that I'm glad we didn't have to deal with tonight. So <laughs> we're all good. The show was fun. Yeah. And yep, and uh, <laughs> before we close out, I do want to let you guys know since this is the first Monday in the first episode of Real Talk of the 2022 year, you know, thank you for rocking with us for another one. But uh, check us out if you guys haven't already. We're on Viva, we're on Tiki, um, you know, we are on Roku as well. Uh, we got a lot of uh, good shows coming around, some new shows coming up. We have an all women's show that we're going to be breaking here soon with just an all women's panelist. Uh, we have a, we have a lot of stores, so stay with us, guys. Uh, we appreciate you rocking with us so far. No doubt. All right. And on that note, everybody have a good evening. We out of here. Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. Whole sports all plays. We're making a place. We're talking the game, get you to the days. We're high in the court, the diamond in the lane. Variety topics, living the same. All presentations, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they work in your faces. Grace up the field, so time for laces. All sports, all plays. Yeah.